That's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I did need a dance then. I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, someone else wants to be baptised. If, if the, I think it might be a bit chilly in there, though. We had a bit of trouble with the gas bottles this morning, so the water was sort of tepid, apparently. <laughs> These lights are good. We, uh, with the... With the lighting team, the production team yesterday and on Friday, they, the uh, people that we, I'm not even sure who they are, but they came and serviced the lighting and on Friday and then yesterday spent time with people in the lighting team uh, teaching about how to make the most of the lighting, which is fantastic. So really, really great to see that happening. Uh, all right, so I just wanted to, um, I'm, I'm not going to go for a really long message today but because I know that the focus today has been on baptism, but I want to talk today about overcoming strongholds. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty complex beings. We might not know it, but uh, <laughs> if you didn't know, we are actually a spiritual being. The real us is spirit, and we have a soul as well, and we live in a body. So the physical body that we see is just like our covering, I guess you could, you could think of it as being. Uh, our, our spiritual body looks like our physical body unless we're older, and then our physical body looks like a little bit of a worn-out version of our spiritual body. Just wanted to encourage you that when we get to heaven, <laughs> we look just beautiful and young, <laughs> like we're in our late 20s or something like that. Praise God. <laughs> No wrinkles, nothing. <laughs> so our spiritual body, that's what's recreated when we give our heart to the Lord. And uh, so our, our physical body remains the same, but it's our spiritual body that's recreated, which is exciting. And our soul, if you didn't know, comprises our um, mind and our will and our emotions. It's the way we think, basically. And it's our mindsets. So uh, in Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now the cool thing about God is that he made us in, uh, like him, basically. He made us to have choice. He made us to have feelings. He made us capable of using logic as well. He made it, he made it so that we could think for ourselves, that we could make decisions for ourselves. And... And our words create as well, just like God created with the word, we can create with our words too. Now, I want to talk a little bit about fear, because fear, and I'm not, I just want to say something here, I'm not talking about the fear of God, that's completely different, that's something else. But fear, when you're afraid of something, that actually originates from the kingdom of darkness. And many of the battles that we face are in our mind. You know, fear is, is not from God. That's another thing I want you to know too, is that fear, being afraid of something, is definitely not something that God designed us for or wants us to be having to face. And fear is, it's think, I would think of it a bit like the powerhouse of the kingdom of darkness. Okay? Think of it a bit like that. You know, as faith moves mountains, and we know that it does, fear can move mountains in the kingdom of darkness. And so what 
we don't want to do is allow fear to get, have a stronghold in, in our minds. Spirits of fear work really well with all sorts of other spirits, including lying and deceiving spirits. There's been a, a big um, surge in fear in this world in the last couple of years, and it's been made worse by the media who um, like that because it creates headlines and, and they want to, um, they seem to want to pursue that even more. Uh, but you know, God is in control. God is actually the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and uh, he's all-powerful, almighty God. The kingdom of darkness's aim is to bind people up and control them, isn't it? It really is. And so spirits of fear have an assignment to overwhelm people with fear. And they throw darts. It talks about it in the Bible, about how fiery darts are sent by the, by the evil one. And it says that they throw darts. They can throw anything at us, but they throw, do throw darts of fear at our minds. And if we dwell on them over a period, period of time, they can gain a hold on us because we allow it to happen. And if we dwell on it for a sustained period, then it can become a stronghold. And fear can be expressed in many ways. So fear can be expressed as panic, anxiety, irrational responses, being frozen or unable to function, worrying. Worry, I mean, Jesus said he spent quite a bit of time talking about do not worry. He spent a good amount of time in Matthew talking about that. Uh, nervousness, even second-guessing your decisions. All of those can indicate fear, and I've only probably mentioned a few of the things. Fear, so fear is a weapon of the enemy. In 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So our mindsets can be a problem sometimes. Even when we don't realize it, our mindsets can be negative. And this can unlock the door to, to fear, for example. Our mindsets are formed by the experiences in our lives, basically, and it's the way we're raised that has a lot to do with it too, but it doesn't have to be just that. But it's everything we experience from childhood onwards. And I guess that if you're a parent, that's why it's so important to raise a child in the way they should go, because the Bible says that when they're old, they will not depart from it. And it's so important to make sure that our children are raised to know God and to love God. So negative mindsets can be present in the life of a Christian, even if the, a Christian might not realize it. And especially if we don't realize it, then we're not going to know that we need to renew it. And so we can see indications of a negative mindset if we catch ourselves thinking, just as well, I'm not in charge of that because I would have stuffed it up. <laughs> or I can't do that. Do you know, I, so you might think those things. I've thought things like that. And I've also heard people say things like that to themselves as well, like verbally. I've even seen people, after making a mistake, punching themselves in the head. I've seen people do that. 
And that's all about the mindset that they have. I've even heard as, as um, a teacher, I've heard a, a teenager even say, this is just one example, when they made a mistake, oh man, you're useless, what an idiot. And they're talking to themselves. You can't get anything right, this child said. And I think that's sad because they have a, they've, be, they've had this mindset that they can't do it and so, so they'll speak to themselves that way. And it could have come from people in their lives speaking those words over them and then it's got deep into their soul and, and they, they've, into their heart and they've taken that as who they really are. So how do we actually undo years of negative mindset formation? Well, Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need to renew our mind. And what do we renew it with? The Word of God, absolutely. The only way to do it is to wash our mind with the Word of God, Ephesians 5.26 says. So how do we do that? How do we wash our mind? We can't take it out of our brain and wash it in the sink. We have to do something <laughs> a little bit more, a <laughs> little bit different. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from, from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And I just grabbed something out of the Old Testament there. And in Joshua, uh, God said to Joshua many times, Do not fear. Um, be, uh, let me just find it actually, Joshua, here we go. lots of times God said, be strong and of good courage, do not fear. And in verse 8 he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And then again in verse 9 he says, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, because God is with you wherever you go. So that's cool, that's what we need to remember. So the two things we need to remember, well, three things really, but one thing is we need to meditate on the Word of God. And that means that we need to have our Bible. We need to have our Bible and be reading it. You know, this is the, this is the physical Word of God, but it says in the Bible that Jesus is the Word of God. So Jesus is the Word. He's the source of our life. But we've got this, which is wonderful. Imagine if we didn't have that. So it's, it's, it's so good. So we need to meditate on that word day and night. That means do it as often as you can. Be, be, want, be keeping it close by you. Don't let it get covered in dust. Make sure that you're, uh, you're using it every day. And, and it means to meditate means to, to ponder, to think about, and to mull over. So read, the, read a scripture and then think about it. Ask God to reveal things to you about it. The other thing to renewing our mind is to speak the word out over, as, over ourselves as often as we can. And that's um, indicated in that scripture there is that this book of the law shall not depart from, shall not depart from your mouth. Okay, so what that means is that in my, in my view is that we need to be speaking it out, speaking it over ourselves, praying it over ourselves, declaring it over ourselves. You know, we're not in a physical fight, we're in a spiritual one. And 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 says from the New King James Version, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I was um, listening to uh, Dutch Sheets a while back. Does anyone listen to his Give Him, give me, give him 15? Yeah, I really like that. And so this kind of sprung me on this um, idea for, for what I was going to preach about because it really spoke to me. And he was talking about how um, there's a difference between a, a hold and a stronghold. You know, a, str- a hold is not as strong as a stronghold. It probably seems obvious by the words. But I want you to think of a hold, have something having a hold on you. It's like holding a line. So um, militarily, uh, in an army, if they're fighting against an enemy, they might be thinking of holding a line. They might be trying to hold a position. But that position could move forward or it could move back. It just depends on what's happening. Whereas a stronghold, think of that as a fortress. Okay, that's something that's really strong. Um, and it might, a stronghold is not necessarily a good thing. Okay, I just want you to, to, to know that, that um, if, it's a, if it's based on negative mindsets, that's a bad thing, okay? And so that's the God, what God has said to us is that he's given us weapons of warfare that are not carnal. That means they're not physical. You know, that they're, they're weapons that we can uh, uh, use to attack things spiritually. And I really, really like that because we don't walk, Although we do walk in the flesh, although we are physical, we do have physical bodies, we don't war according to the flesh, okay? The weapons of our warfare are not, we're not, so we're not fighting against each other. We're not fighting against people, although the kingdom of darkness might be using people. The kingdom of darkness might do, but might use people to do bad things, but our ultimate enemy is the kingdom of darkness and that's where we need to be focusing our fight um, yeah although there are times where we I'm not don't get me wrong I'm not saying we don't need to stand up and say when things are wrong because we do yeah okay so God says that the weapons of war that God has equipped us with are mighty and specifically designed to pull down strongholds over people That's cool, eh? The strongholds may be in our mind or it might be in the minds of the lost or people that um, we love or know. So I want to read that same scripture from... I've got a couple of other versions that I want to show you, but from the Living Bible it says this, the same scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, it says... It is true that I am an ordinary, weak human being. You know, that's true, right? We're in a physical body. It has limitations. But I don't use human plans and methods to win my battles. (laughs) That's good. I use God's mighty weapons, not those made by men, to knock down the devil's stronghold. So we don't use man-made things. We use God's mighty weapons to knock down the devil's strongholds. And these weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding him. With these weapons, I can capture rebels and bring them back to God. That's cool, eh? And change them into men whose heart's desire is obedience to Christ. (laughs) So how do we pull down strongholds? Well, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us how to do that. 
and there's three parts to it. The first one is casting down arguments. And in the King James Version, it says imaginations. The Greek word for that is logismos. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that means calculated reasoning or thought. It's, it's, um, it's personal opinion or reasoning that reflects your values. Okay? So in other words, it's your mindset. It's your values. It's your beliefs. And these are either, we all have a mindset, and they're either in line with God or, God's God or they're not. Okay? So every person, I want you to think about this, every person sees through the lens of their mindset. If they hear the truth, it will be filtered through their mindset and their values and beliefs. And if their mindset is not in line with God, then the truth will be veiled, won't it? That makes sense, doesn't it? And so that, point, that says to me that when we're praying for other people for salvation or anything like that, that, that we need to be praying in that way so that that veil will be removed. And Peter Kumar gave us a challenge a few weeks back about um, making a list of 25 people that we can be praying for. So for those of you who have already made your list of 25, um, then you can start by praying in this way over those people. So the ultimate goal, as Lindsay was mentioning, is that, you know, think of replicating yourself, absolutely. And Peter Kumar said, I think, was it, bring, if you bring three people to the Lord by the end of the year? I think that's what he said. So, so second thing is, um, from the same scripture, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, so that word high means to exalt or lift up in the original Greek. And it's talking about pride, basically. So they are mindsets and values and beliefs that elevate themselves above what God says. So things like, so just to give you a little bit of an understanding of what I mean, could be things like there, are, there is no God, you know, people that say that or think that. Or the world started with a big bang and has evolved over millions of years to what it is today, from nothing to something incredible that's uh, um, mathematically impossible for it to be chaotically becoming what it is. I can't believe that, that teachers that teach that actually believe it. It's bizarre. Anyway, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so they could say there is no God. They, they even so thing, high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and that's in our in our mind. It's our thinking patterns as well. So another example of that is that it's okay to abort a baby. That's fine. God doesn't mind, especially under certain circumstances. But actually, every life is precious to Him. Um, what about this one? I want you to see us as the sole source of truth. Has anyone said that recently? Yes. Our government has said that. As soon as they said that, I was thinking alarm bells, ding, 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 ding. Something is wrong here because nobody knows all the truth except God. Jesus is truth. 
and uh, for, for them to arrogantly be saying that we are your sole source of truth, I think is um, a very dangerous thing to be saying. Because they are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. And they, these sorts of thinking patterns and mindsets need to be torn down. Do you know what? That's where humility and surrender come in when we know God. <laughs> and the third thing is, verse 5 again, 2 Corinthians 10, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know, the kingdom of darkness, as I said before, projects thoughts into our minds. And we can either choose to dwell on them and allow them to grow and take hold and possibly become a stronghold if we allow it to fester for long enough, or we can take captive every thought and refuse to allow them to take root. And the important thing is you need to actually recognize when that's happening. You need to recognize that. You know, no matter what Satan brings against us, we are on the winning side. Isaiah 54, 17, the first bit of that scripture says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. And we've been given authority over all the enemy's power, as Luke ten nineteen says very clearly. So we can break down strongholds over people that we're praying for and even over ourselves. I'll give you an opportunity to be, have some prayer um, soon. But uh, obviously, it's a, if you need to renew your mind, that's a, that's a process over time and you need to work at that. Um, so I just want to... Uh, I just want to say that scripture one more time. It's really interesting from the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 says, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Now, that's okay that we can actually insist it bows to the anointed one because it's the devil that we're fighting and we have the authority over everything in the kingdom of darkness because we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus and God and Jesus has delegated that authority to us. Praise God. We're not like sitting ducks in the middle of a pond waiting to be demolished by any kind of plot and scheme that the enemy throws at us. We can fight against that because we have authority. We're on the winning side. So this is how we can pray. And this is how we can pray for our loved ones or unsaved friends and people that we know. First of all, that God would lift the veil off them, bringing revelation, that they would see the truth clearly and the scales would be removed from their eyes. I remember having a dream two years ago about that, actually. It was really interesting and, and, I, and, it was, um, and I just really felt strongly that God was saying, pray that the, the scales would be removed from people's eyes. And it was like a thick yellow crust over their eyes, and it was blinding them from seeing the truth. 
And then um, as I prayed, they sort of dropped away, kind of crusty bits. Yeah, it was pretty gross, actually. But yeah, so they were, it was dropping away. It was dropping away. <laughs> and, the, the, and I thought that that was, um, you know, at the time there were things going on and I thought it related to that. But to be honest, um, then came the election and then came, you know, the, oh, COVID and then the election and all of that stuff. But I really feel actually that's still extremely relevant today that we need to be praying that the veil will be removed from people's eyes. And so for your 25 people that you're praying for, that's something you need to pray for, that the veil would be removed from their eyes, that the scales would be removed from their eyes. You know, and it's only something that can be spiritually achieved as well. You can't do it by trying to reason with them. It doesn't work. It's a spiritual thing. Okay, the second thing is pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to them because the Holy Spirit is in you and the Holy Spirit is, is everywhere really. And, but we can pray, Holy Spirit, reveal, show yourself. Jesus, reveal yourself to them and, uh, and speak to them. So we can pray for that. We can pray that godly people would be placed in their path every day as well. We can pray for that. It doesn't have to be us. Just because they're on our list doesn't mean we have to be the one doing the talking. It can be other people too. So that's cool. And we can be praying that anything in their lives that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, specifically pride and rebellion, would be shredded and destroyed. So we can pray for that as well over them. We can pray that ungodly thought patterns would be destroyed. And we can pray that every demonic thing assigned to them would be stripped of its power. Why? Because God's given us authority over that. And so we can command that, the, um, that, the, that that be stripped, that those demonic things um, working in those people's lives would be stripped of their power so that they can no longer take them captive by lies and fear and deception. And we can also pray that the host of heaven <laughs> would destroy the strongholds. We don't have to do it. We just need to send the host and they can destroy the strongholds and the schemes and assignments of the enemy that are trying to kill and steal and destroy. Because John 10.10 10 says that, in fact, I'm going to read it. Let me just find it in here. John 10.10 10 says, The thief does not come except to, in other words, the thief comes to do this, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that, praise God, is what this is all about. Praise the Lord. And pray for protection around them as well. And you know what? As Christians, we can declare life and salvation over them. So just in closing, I just wanted to encourage you to pray for those people in your lives. And if you feel that, you've got a, that there's anything holding you back, if there's any fear, if you ever have times of panic, that's a really unpleasant place to be. God does not want you to be in that place. He doesn't want you to be there at all because it's not, it's not the place of peace or shalom, as Janine mentioned earlier. It is not that place. 
Fear is a horrible place to be. I remember sitting in a university exam a number of years ago, and I was sitting um, some kind of math paper, and <laughs> I had a moment where of panic, and I and I, I I remember thinking, oh my gosh, and I started thinking, oh my gosh, I can't remember anything. I can't remember anything, and I thought, take control of yourself. You've got to do it because now it's now or never, and if you don't sort it out now, then that's it. So I was like, right, thank you, God, you give me everything I need. Thank you, God, that you calm me. And then I was able to continue. But it's not a pleasant thing, and I see that a lot at, the, um, at college. And be, there's a lot of young people these days that are overcome by anxiety. I swear there was not that many, hardly anyone really had that issue when I was at college. But now it's rampant. And it's a spirit of fear. The root is a spirit of fear. And that's not the way God wants us to live at all. And so I just want to really encourage you with that. Um, If anybody would, perhaps maybe if we have some music playing. Um, Yeah, thanks, Matt. Just want to give you guys a chance. Brownie, do you want to say anything? We, we, We will give you an opportunity for those who don't know you. No, don't know God to, um, to come and Brownie's going to say something shortly but I want to encourage people who feel that they have been uh, held back that there's a bit of a stronghold of fear in their life come forward for prayer and, and we'll give you an opportunity for anyone that doesn't know Jesus yet to, um, to, to know that as well can we please have the lights down a wee bit as well please 